Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Danielle Laporte. And essentially, this is a one-woman show about self-realization called With Love, Danielle few quick things to mention. These are adult conversations, so heads up. I'll be talking about compassion, self-help fatigue, sex, joy, serving the world. This is about a spirituality that's way more rock and roll than it is oppressive. I'm here to help you turn your anxiety into power. Personally, I want to live more deeply, but lighten up. You're going to hear about all the ways that I have finally figured out how to do that. I am not into making grand motivational promises, but I can commit to showing up as fully, sincerely, authentically as possible with the intention of really alleviating suffering and amplifying joy just for starters. It's about doing everything I can to help all of us feel a little less crazy, a lot more full of possibility, and clearly part of the solution. Here's a poem. It's called My New Life in Golden. After I learned how to breathe underwater, I knew that my lungs had all the answers. My skills and courage were as follows. Swallowing terror whole. Making good use of disgust. Boring a hole in the kitchen floor with my tears. Loving like what I loved was the only child ever to be born of the sun and moon. Changing my mind while naked. Breaking vows. Making a new vow, only one. Leaning back and taking deeply deep breaths of space, watching the universe reveal all of us to me. My reward is as follows. I get to go wherever I want now and always. For instance, underwater or to that golden spot that I thought was only a dream but is now my new life breathing me. Here's a beautiful sentiment from Nobel Peace Prize winner Eli Wiesel. We must always take sides. Neutrality helps the oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. There may be times when we are powerless to prevent injustice, but there must never be a time when we fail to protest. I rarely say anything overtly critical on my social media channels. If I see a movie I didn't like, or I read a book that was only half good, I just don't mention it. 
everybody has their art and their living to make. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't tweet about it. On the other hand, if I come across something that I'm wild about, I buzz it up. Generally, I try to keep all of my communication positive because every word is energy and there's too much reactive aggression happening on every platform, digital and literal. And because good manners, because love. Keeping it positive does not preclude having strong opinions. When I think my opinions might inspire some awareness and action, then I'll mouth off. And that's almost a daily occurrence. I'm mouthy. When I go at an issue, I'm as considerate as I can be, especially if there are individuals rather than a corporate brand involved. Being offensive and polarizing is inevitable if you have opinions. But you can have an opinion and keep it kind. Sometimes you have to go right to the heart of an issue and call people on their bullshit making, which may not seem like the very spiritual thing to do. But let me tell you, opinions used for raising standards are sacred indeed. At times, being a light worker means that you keep your heart aglow with compassion. And on other occasions, you will have to use your truth like a lightsaber to take some bullshit down. Being discerning is not the same as being judgmental. Discernment is big-minded and awake. Judgment is narrow-minded and operates in the dark. Discernment is our wisdom coming to life. Judgment is nasty any way you slice it. It's divisive and reactionary and very unaccommodating. It has a limited perspective, a pinched face, and a heart that closes by default. It gets easily confused because it's only looking in one direction. Judgment works really hard to camouflage feeling threatened. It's very me versus other, and it says but a lot. But I, but you, but I, but you. Discernment, on the other hand, looks at the bigger picture to make sense of what's going on. It takes a number of details into account and measures them against its own sense of right and wrong in the moment. Discernment isn't easily swayed because it has a strong sense of self. That rootedness allows it to be more flexible. Without the power of discernment, you'll fall for anything. You'll abandon yourself, and all kinds of harmful lies and agendas can seep into your life. If harmony at any cost is revered as the sole spiritual aim, then discernment is often unwelcome. But if truth is the aspiration, then discernment is a heroine. The few times I've publicly called out individuals for their less-than-luminous lifestyles or behaviors, I've gotten this kind of pushback. Well, that's being awfully judgmental, don't you think? We need to support each other. There's room for everybody. But actually, in my personal life, there is not room for everyone. Not at all. Some ideologies are categorically damaging to the human spirit. And I feel honor-bound to point them out for my civil liberties and collective justice, for my child's future, 
for the light I might spark with just one voiced opinion. Is this righteous? Most definitely. Knowing what's right and what's wrong for you doesn't mean that you're judgmental. It's called being in touch with your higher power. And you should let your higher power mouth off for the greater good. Hey, I want to pop in with some questions, such as, what do you want to embody? How do you want to lead? Who can you serve? How about this? I have a heart-centered facilitator program that's launching in the fall of 2021. It's the evolution of the Desire Map program that's been around for about five years. I have had facilitators doing workshops every weekend in 21 countries for the last five, six years. As a heart-centered facilitator, workshop leader, or a coach, you're going to be receiving 30-plus exercises to offer to your clients. We've got in-depth training on engaged listening, facilitation skills, all done with a team of certified master integral coaches. This is deep work. It's widely applicable work. It can be done with artists, with entrepreneurs. You can be using this with corporate groups. It's being done with high school students, with couples, new moms. And you can use this as a complement to your existing coaching methodologies or This could be your first foray into offering workshops or hosting conversations. A lot of yoga teachers love this because they use this curriculum to blend into their weekend yoga retreats. So the Heart Centered Facilitator Program is launching in the fall of 2021. If you go to daniellelaporte.com slash facilitator, you can get on the list and I'll let you know when the program launches. It's deep, it's beautiful, and I'm so excited to help you Get this into the hearts of as many people as you can. All right. Looking forward to growing with you. com slash facilitator. You can't have the light without the dark. It's a primary function of metaphysical teachers to emphasize the power of the light, but they can neglect to address the realities of dealing with the darkness. I was at an angel workshop don't judge me. And a woman who was mentioning some government conspiracy theories was hushed by the workshop leader. We can't talk about negative things like that. It gives it energy. Please, if you can't talk about wacky conspiracy theories at an angel reading workshop, then where can you talk about them? Every light bearer will, at some point, have to get wise to the dark. Just ask the Archangel Michael. He's the angel of supreme protection and one of the most prevalent and popular angels in contemporary spiritual teachings. If you do some art history homework on the Archangel Michael, you'll notice a big difference between how Christian Renaissance artists and today's illustrators portray him. Pull from any modern angel deck, and Michael is a muscular warrior, standing or flying solo, with a radiant electric blue sword or massive wings. He's a total celestial stud. I really do love these portrayals, but something's missing that the past depictions typically feature. The demons that Michael is slaying. Older paintings show Michael spearing gnarly gargoyle creatures or monstrous men of war. He is taking the darkness down Dude's on a mission. 
The Catholic's prayer to St. Michael the Archangel reads, Be our protection. By the divine power, thrust into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Subtle. This makes the Archangel Michael affirmations that you'll find in most metaphysical shops look like nursery rhymes. Michael's gotten awfully subdued these days. New age washed, as it were. But we live in a world with problems much more complex than nursery rhymes. There is darkness and negativity that needs to be faced and dealt with from the micro to the macro levels of society. And I want an army of angels to have my back and who are prepared to slay. I want to see depravity where it is, keep an eye on it, and then deliberately choose to work for the light with every single thought and deed, every day. A quote from Carol K. Anthony's Guide to the I Ching. We must recognize the incorrect situation for what it is and carefully disengage from it. This is to judge without allowing our attitude to become judgmental. In such situations, we need help from a higher power. Awareness of this enables us to keep balance on a high wire, as it were, for that is what is required. An ally of discernment and one of the rougher, least promoted emotions in spiritual circles is disgust. We're taught, for the sake of politeness, not to fully experience, let alone express, our disgust. It's labeled as a negative emotion because, well, it is a negative emotion. It's potentially dehumanizing if used against someone else, and its buildup can be poison to our psyches. And it can be an incredibly effective tool for mindfulness. In the Pixar movie Inside Out, they did a brilliant job of defining the value of a character named Disgust. They say, it's Disgust's job to keep Riley, that's the main character, from being poisoned physically or socially. Disgust is like the spit-out function of both our bodies and our souls. It's life-saving, though it's not so glamorous. After ongoing disagreements with someone in my life, things finally erupted and I needed to get untangled and figure out how to proceed. I was working with an intuitive healer on the situation, of course. She was a calm and centered personality, firm but infinitely patient. I was expecting her to prescribe an exercise for self-love or cutting energetic cords, something esoteric. But instead, she said to me, like a ship's captain in the midst of a squall, you need to use your disgust. Let yourself be absolutely, fully, completely disgusted by the ordeal. So, no affirmations of divine love? Just go disgusto on the whole thing? I worried for a minute that my disgust vibe was going to turn toxic on me. And I didn't want to send heaps of negativity to the other party involved either. What I did want was to protect myself from their antics. I looked at their morals. I looked at mine. And there was no doubt. I was disgusted by the contrast. So I went with it. When I thought of the situation, 
as was my sometimes healthy habit, I'd start to feel sympathy for the other party involved. And then, then I'd start thinking about ways I could be more accommodating, and then I'd end up frustrated and unclear. So I looked at the ordeal internally and very matter-of-factly and said, you disgust me. And at first, I laughed at myself because it felt uncomfortably dramatic, like, that's a little intense. But it only took one or two more rounds to feel the truth of what I was stating, that I was disgusted, thoroughly, and therefore, things could not go on as they had. It was a healthy defense at the time, and it gave me strength to put new rules in place for myself. As Robert Augustus Masters describes healthy disgust, it defends us against impurity, real or imagined. Healthy disgust doesn't degrade others. It focuses on behaviors that we find repugnant, giving us the impetus to so strongly reject such behaviors that we unmistakably stand apart from them while simultaneously standing in our integrity. Discerned. Call bullshit when you need to, and keep it classy. The golden rule applies. When doesn't it? Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, even if you want nothing to do with them. There were times in the past, and I'm sure some wait for me in the future too, when I was harsh and less than deeply considerate when standing up for my own opinions. I was striving and I was stressed, and I decided to pretend that I didn't know that energy turns into matter that can hurt people and can come back to hurt me. There's always a way to be elegant, no matter whose side you're on. But first, you need to know where you stand. Take your place and have your lightsaber in reach. Thank you so much for listening, for feeling, for spreading the word with love.